today on CityCast Chicago. Before we enjoy some holiday fun over this not-too-cold weekend, let's look back on the week's news. It's Friday, December 3rd. I'm Simona Licea, and this is CityCast Chicago. I'm here with our very own Carrie Shepard, of course, and also in the building today, we've got the Chicago Tribune's Stephanie Casanova. Stephanie, welcome to CityCast Chicago. Thank you. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Simone. Hi. (laughs) So before we jump into the news, I feel like I am seeing all over the place just like the holiday events just coming out of the woodwork. We've got the the CTA holiday train. We've got Chris Kendall Market. We've got all of these different things going on. And so what I wanted to know is what holiday experience or tradition are each of you most looking forward to? Ooh, yeah. this is a good one. This yeah. is a good one. Karen, uh, do, you want to, do you want to start us off? Actually, I'm going to Chris Kindle Market tomorrow, which... Nice. Um, and it's not going to be too cold, so I'm happy about that. As a vegetarian, there aren't a ton of uh, options for me, but I will be drinking. Um, <laughs> and the other one I was re- I'm really excited about is the Botanic Gardens does like um, does this illumination walk, and it's like gorgeous. And they just light up the entire um, all the gardens. But also, I was just noticing today the Morton Arboretum has these really cool sculptures. This it's part of this like sculpture exhibit they have called Human Nature. Those are all illuminated. So I oh. was just saying this morning, I was like going there this weekend. So it might just be like a holiday packed weekend up in my house. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. I love the light stuff, right? Because yes. it's so dark right now. And that's like Totally. So to have the colorful lights, even when it, it like makes it feel warmer, even when it's like freezing outside. Yep. Stephanie, what, what are you looking forward to this holiday season? Well, I, I hope that's true that it makes it feel warmer. I actually moved here from Southern Arizona. Okay. Um, <laughs> but it's been since 2016, since I lived in a real winter place. Um, so I think I'm most looking forward to ice skating. I don't think I've done that since since I lived in South Dakota. And then I'm also, because I have a dog and I try not to leave him home alone too much, the light experience I'm going to is the drive through one. Oh. Um, I think there are three locations around Chicago, so I can throw my dog in the back of my car and we can drive through the lights and stay warm. Nice. All of it sounds fun. I, I too, am looking forward to Chris Kindle Market. I just... Yeah. Like, I love a place where there's kitsch. Um, I am also hoping... To try and catch the CTA holiday train this year. I've never Aww. I've never caught it. I've never seen it in person. One thing I did run into when I worked overnights at the Sun Times, I remember once taking the train back from downtown to Rogers Park in, at 8 a.m. in the morning Jeez. after having worked overnight. And all of a sudden, I, people kept coming on the train like dressed in Santa and elves and with lights, and they were very loud. And I was like, "What on earth is and happening?" And you're like, "Shut up! I'm tired. I've just worked a full shift. I was like, what <laughs> I've just been listening on? to the scanner all night." <laughs> that was my introduction to the T box bar crawl. <laughs> <laughs> what is the T box bar crawl? It's a Christmas bar crawl in Wrigleyville that. Gets very rowdy, uh, as you can imagine a bar crawl in Wrigleyville gets, and it's Christmas themed, wow. and like it starts at eight a.m. And so every all these people were on the bus, and like everyone got off at Addison, and then I was like, oh, thank God. 
Oh my god, that is a lot of dedication. That- <laughs> <laughs> totally. Let's so let's take a turn to, to something uh, a little. Maybe less holiday spirit, but hopefully uh, still informative. And let's talk about some of the big news that came out of Chicago this week. Stephanie, what was the big story you were watching this week? The biggest story probably in Chicago right now is uh, Jesse Smollett's trial. A couple of co-workers are covering that for us, uh, Megan Crippo and Jason Meisner. So I I just think it's fascinating Again, probably because I'm new to Chicago, so I've never been this close to that story. I just heard about it in Arizona. I don't know. Maybe it's because they're like describing this thing as a hoax. And so they're describing this like planned beating and all of the language around it. It just like, I don't know. I don't Something about it seems a little bit odd to me. Yeah. Jesse Smollett uh, is an actor. He was on Empire. And back in 2019, he was attacked outside of his apartment in Struderville. And he said that, you know, there were anti-Black, anti-gay slurs that were thrown at him. Um, And so he sort of reported it as a hate crime. And then later, the men who attacked him, these two brothers, they came out and said, actually, what Smollett is saying is a lie. It, the whole thing was a hoax. It was set up. And right now, um, Jesse Smollett is being charged with essentially lying to the police by saying that he was attacked. Um, and so this case is set to sort of uncover, you know, was this a hoax or was it not a hoax? And we have been hearing from from prosecutors and their and their witnesses testimony this week. We should add to, I remember this story very, very well um, from my last newsroom because it was something we had talked about every day, obviously. But we should also mention that he said that whoever attacked, his alleged attacker, um, had a MAGA hat on. Oh, like right. A, yes. And that it was, was the big like, part of it. and yelled something about Trump. And, you know, we were very seeped in the big divide of the Trump supporters and that raised questions I think and this is this is naive because you know of course there are Trump supporters in Chicago but um we were sort of like wait is there someone walking in Streeterville and wearing a MAGA hat like I'm not sure I've seen that before it just seemed all so odd and then like I'm a big fan of Megan Crapeau and Jason Meisner's reporting but at your at the Tribune but I cannot even tell you I how many how infrequently this week I have clicked on a Justice <laughs> Millette story just because I'm so I think I'm so fatigued from it, from when it actually happened I'm like that's understandable so it will be interesting to see what the what the outcome of the trial is though and sort of what conclusions and and the consequences of this and so we'll we'll just have to wait and see Carrie what was the big story you were watching this week I just have been trying to follow on the periphery the the Omicron variant and how that's going to affect us in Chicago. Um, It is, okay, so the Omicron variant is, I think, shining a light or continuing to shine a light on our vaccination rate. And, Mm -hmm. you know, 70% of eligible Chicagoans, 12 and older, have completed, have had both their vaccines. Um, I don't have the number of people who've gotten their boosters yet, which, but I remember, do you have it in front of you? I remember being surprised. It's like 15%, I think. Yeah, which seems so low to me. Um, 
And especially because it was it was like the Hunger Games to get a vaccine. I think it was kind of like that everywhere. And I remember the stress, but the booster was so much easier. And I was like, you know, I got it when I was eligible, but you just went to the doctor. When people could, when the vaccine became available, it was like, I'm going to grab it if I can grab it. And so I guess I'm a little struck by the lower rate of the booster. The thing about the booster, I definitely found it easier to book an appointment and certainly book an appointment like within a reasonable amount of time. But I don't think the communication has been anywhere near the same as the push to get people vaxxed mm. initially. Mm. I, I, cause I think people were confused about the eligibility for the booster and, and I just think there hasn't really been a big push, frankly, to mm-hmm. get people boosted because we still have so many people unvaccinated, um, unvaccinated right. to begin with. And so, so I kind of get the the emphasis, but I think, you know, there's probably a lot of vaccinated people out there who just, it's a sort of a sense of, well, I don't feel like I have a really clear message, so I'm just not going to think about it and not do anything because I'm already so stressed out with everything else going on in my life. There's definitely not like the same sense of urgency for sure yeah from the first one or like even knowing how you reacted to the first one might mean you have to be more strategic about when you get your booster around the holidays that's a good point everyone Mm. said with the booster at the anticipation is the worst part everybody was like oh my god the booster is gonna wipe you out it's way worse than the second shot and I didn't have that experience. I didn't take off work. Um, I, But I think that is a good point. And also, Simone, to your point of, you know, that's a tough game for public health officials to mm-hmm. when we're, they still have to push the vaccine to then say, okay, but wait, the booster is really important too because it's like, whoa, wait, if you don't even have the baseline. Right. Let's move on to, to stories that uh, maybe didn't get enough attention this week. Stephanie, what was a story that was underhyped for you this week? I'm actually going to bring up a story that I wrote. Yay! Uh, Good. Excellent. <laughs> last, last week, actually, um, right before Thanksgiving, so it's a little bit more than a week, but uh, I wrote about these tenants in um, Avalon Park. So they had been living without heat since it started getting cold and then their water had been shut off for four days and then they were evaluating the building they were seeing whether they were going to condemn it there was some fire damage what could use more looking into is how the landlord handled it and the the lack of education and like people knowing their their tenant rights because the landlord said he told them you shouldn't live here anymore after the fire happened the tenant said no, he didn't tell us that. He just he took our rent money on October 1st and, and didn't tell us anything. Uh, but I think it speaks to, like th- like I said, the, the lack of knowing your rights as a tenant, knowing when to speak up, what to demand, what to expect from your landlord, that sort of thing. Do you know where these tenants are now? Yeah, so I followed up with the woman. Uh, her name is Margaret Jackson, and the landlord was told by a um, county buildings commissioner that he had to basically pay for them to stay somewhere until they found a new place to live. Um, And when I interviewed the landlord and he said, yeah, I told them they shouldn't live here anymore on October 1st, I asked, okay, so did you offer them any resources to find somewhere else for them to live? And he was like, no. So he put them up in a motel and I actually met 
Margaret the next morning at the motel. Uh, and there was no microwave in the motel. She bought some food that she thought she could microwave for dinner and she had to throw it away. And then she got moved to another motel that had like a three night limit because they don't want people living in motels. So she's moved every three days. Uh, Whoa. Wow. Which is like such a big, wow. you know, especially around the holidays. Uh, it's it's so, I mean, it sounds so stressful to have to do that. Did the city or county respond to your story? And, or even there are, I, you bring up such a good point about tenant rights. There are tenant rights organizations and, and legal groups. Do, have you heard from any of them? So the reason the story even came to light was because a housing community organizer set up the press conference and he actually set up Venmos for them because after my story, a bunch of people wanted to help and we didn't know how. So he, he helped oh, set wow. up Good. Uh, Venmo accounts for people to help them. Um, they've been connected. The tenants have been connected to Chicago Housing Authority to help them find a more permanent place to live. I, I had missed this one last week, but I, I appreciate you you bringing it up. And I look forward to, to seeing your follow-up reporting on this to see sort of how this plays out for Margaret and the other tenants. Carrie, what was the story that you thought deserved more attention this week? My story is also that I was going to highlight was from last week. And the Chicago Red Stars, the National Women's Soccer League team here, they actually lost in the championship game and like hours later their coach resigned and then we learned he had resigned because he knew this big investigation about him was coming out in the Washington Post about harassment. Players had accused him of bullying. Uh, they alleged there was a lot of power plays and manipulation. Some of these players said they had come forward to the league they had officially filed complaints, but they feared their for their careers, right? And that's, you see this in so many industries of like, kind of like, well, I don't want to be the problem player that nobody wants on their team. And I think women can relate to that, especially because it's like, when you speak up, you're, you're a problem, you know? And a, a big, big part of the reporting that hit on was like, just these like levels of what they say were what players say was like failed accountability, like from the league, from the soccer U.S. Soccer Federation, um, but also like from the team and the owners. Obviously, the team apologized and issued apologies. I think that story definitely needs more attention. Um, it kind of just goes to show you too about how we cover women's sports. Yeah, when I saw that story, I was very much feeling like where. Where was the rest of Chicago on this? Um, and not, I not covering women's soccer, <laughs> not covering, and, and, you know. And I've I've said this to you, Carrie. Women's soccer has sort of the double whammy of not only is it a women's sport where women's sport gets less coverage, but also it's soccer, which just gets a little bit less attention in U.S. media. Totally. I'm I'm glad you brought it up. Well, of course, we have to leave the people with some good news <laughs> after that. <laughs> we're making a turn. We 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 end it every day. We end on the good note, and so we're gonna we're we're not gonna stop doing it. Nope. Some good news to get the people through the weekend. Stephanie, what was a moment of joy for you this week? I'm gonna stick with some of my reporting. I'm I'm just patting myself on the back here. Excellent. Um, so <laughs> that's what we like to hear. I I wrote a food story a couple months ago about a lady who sells tacos in Bronzeville who has been doing so for like 
40 years. She, like, watched these oh, kids yes, grow yes, up. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But she left me a voicemail on Thanksgiving, and so it was just a really nice thing to hear. She was like, thank you. Thank your editor. Thank your photographer. I love the story. Thank you so much. And so it was just a really nice voicemail to get, especially on a thankful reflecting holiday like thanksgiving what wait remind us for people who didn't read your story who this woman is Uh, her name is maria salamanca the people in brunsville call her taco lady she posts up in the summer selling tacos outside of alice park and so she's been doing that in brunsville for about 40 years um i just like i was walking my dog one day and i smelled carne asada and i was like hey what's up with that (laughs) because <laughs> it's the park nearest my house I was just observing and you see people like coming up and hugging her calling her mama asking her how she's doing um telling her they miss her it's just you can tell it was just this this whole family she's built cool that's that's so sweet that's and, such uh, a good story yeah I love that she left you a, a message on Thanksgiving I mean I guess like obviously a person like that would be somebody who people would get attached to yeah and a reminder that everyone doesn't hate journalists. <laughs> That's awesome. I, know. I think we just need to start writing only taco stories and then right. everyone will love us. <laughs> I want to go try her tacos now. Uh, yeah, she'll so. she'll be back next summer. You'll have to remind us. Oh, we're, next we're, summer. Like, you'll have to send out like a like a push alert. Yes, hey, we're re-upping yes, the story. Tacos. We're definitely re-upping the story next summer. I'm looking forward to it. Carrie, what was a moment of joy for you this week? Um, well, mine sounds kind of dorky after that one. Um, I just read today that um, in Boys Town, which is now uh, known as North Halstead, we've actually done a podcast episode about that. Go back and listen. Um, but Boys Carrie, Town, do you ever have you ever not plugged a podcast episode? Look, Simone, this is my job. Okay, <laughs> we gotta get this out there. Anyway, so um, I read that in. Boys Town on the north side, near Lakeview, um, North Halstead. There next year is going to be a Golden Girls themed events, like bars and these these pop ups. I don't know if you, I don't. Do you guys remember Golden Girls? Was it? I don't watch Golden Girls. I've okay, I was it. like, I'm looking at both of you like we're too young for that. <laughs> well, when I was growing up, Golden Girls was on and. For anyone who doesn't know, these four old ladies who would like date and it was like sex positive and but they also like took on real stuff. Like there was an episode about AIDS and they talked about homosexuality and in a time when a lot of sitcoms were not doing that, obviously. But um, I thought that was fun and uh, a good something to celebrate and something that I would maybe return to a bar for. You, you said it. this is happening next year? Yeah. But it was just announced. So the moment of joy is just something to look forward to for next year. Well, well when next year? I mean, 2022 April, is very close. April. Okay. No, that, April. That was looks my like question. It's... I didn't mean to like downplay your joy. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's April 22nd to 24th, which is right around my birthday. So, oh my gosh. Hey. I know what I'm doing on my birthday. <laughs> uh, my, my moment of joy this week is unlike either of the two things that you've just brought up. So over Thanksgiving, I went, I spent a few days with my aunt and uncle who live out by Elgin. But when I came home, my plant that I had just purchased was all wilted. Oh. And I 
was devastated by this because I've never been able to keep a plant alive. And I was thoroughly convinced that I'd once again lost my critical companion. (laughs) And I am pleased to report my moment of joy is my plant is back to life. What? It's growing. I pruned it. I watered it. That never happens to me. It is very, I'm looking at it right now. You can see me looking off camera at my beautiful green plant. It's, it's, it is enjoying the sunlight right now. Uh, and I'm just very proud and very pleased. You should be, man. it's back to life. That's my moment of joy this week, which has nothing to do with Chicago news. Uh, but it's the thing that made me smile. So I that's think why it I'm does. It. The cold, the sun, the sun is out yeah. now. The cold <laughs> the sun, we wait for the sun. Also, hope springs eternal. So, Stephanie, at this point, you've mentioned driving your dog to go see the lights. You mentioned walking your dog and smelling the tacos. I need to know, what is the dog's name and what kind of dog? He's a Belgian Malinois mix. Uh, So he looks like a smaller version of like a cop dog. Uh, His name is Solito. What does that mean? It means alone. And I didn't name him. That was his name at the shelter. And he's not alone. No. He has you. That's awesome. Stephanie Casanova of the Chicago Tribune, thank you so much for joining us to break down the week's news. It was a pleasure, and I'm very glad I asked the dog's name. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. That's the important part, right? That was lead producer Carrie Shepard talking the news with us. Sydney Madden writes our newsletter, which has even more holiday fun around the city. Remember to sign up at chicago.citycast.fm. Thanks also to Sam Trump and Mark Greenberg of the Mayfair Workshop for our music on the pod. Our beloved Jacoby is back with us on Monday. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you then. Even more follow.